Welcome to Money, Manifestation, and Business, the podcast that shows you how to use your energy, intention, and consciousness to reprogram your money mindset, unleash a new level of possibility, and create a life and business that lights you up. I'm your host, Jamie Berman, and I invite you to join me each week for a dose of inspiration, coaching, and teachings to help you rewrite your money story, create abundance on your terms, and grow your business in a way that's fully aligned for you. This is going to be so much fun. Let's dive in. All right, my friends, I have a Q&A, part two, a money and a manifestation and business Q&A. The first one was so awesome, and I had so many amazing listener questions come in that I want to answer even more of them. Now, if you want to ask a question to me, or if you want to get coached one-on-one on the podcast, here's how you do it. You got to get on my email list, or you got to join the Money Manifestation Movement, because you can answer all the questions in there. (laughs) But if you are not on my email list yet, please join because I don't want you to miss out on all of these amazing podcast bonus opportunities. So you've got to go to the link in my show notes and download my Manifestation for Business workbook. Grab that, use it, and also you will then be placed on my email list where you will find out about all of the extra bonuses that I give all the time. I love giving to my community. I really do. I love to, I really, my intention is just to help as many people as possible manifest more money, create more ease in their business, create more alignment in their lives, like manifest epic lives. Whether you are working with me or not, I'm going to offer all kinds of things. So make sure to get on my email list because that's where I share about it all. Okay. And now we're going to get into the questions. So I'm going to be answering listener questions and be sprinkling a little bit of teachings throughout. And I think you will find these very helpful. I heard from a lot of you from the first episode that you absolutely loved it. I did a Q&A back in December. And so let's go at it again. All right, here we go. Camille's the first question. And she says, I'd like to hear more about value your value, believing that what you offer has value, even though you don't have any customers who have bought the program yet. My mind is a bit confused by the phrase another coach said, which I use against myself, which is how do you know if your offer has value? Because people buy it, something like that. And it's been over two years since I've been coaching and offering coaching on Instagram, my site, et cetera, but I've only had five clients in total and only three people have bought my video program. My brain sometimes tells me it's because I'm not cut out to be a coach. My coaching isn't valuable enough, dot, dot, dot. I'm well aware that this way of thinking isn't helpful. So please help me change my perspective on it. Okay. Amazing, Camille. So First question you asked was, I'd like to hear more about value your value. And this is something that I teach within the money manifestation movement, that if you want to manifest more money, what the way to manifest money in business, twofold. Number one, believe it's possible. Decide what you want and go after it. And number two, create more value. 
And number three, I said two, but I'm going to add a third. The third element is you have to value your value because you can be a super helpful person. You can have gold, gold, just like waiting to be discovered within you. You can have a secret that will help so many people. You could have the cure to cancer. But if you don't value that, if you don't see the value of what you have to offer, guess what? That's going to reflect and other people are not going to value your value either, (laughs) right? Because energetically, that's what we put out, right? If we're not valuing our own value, our gifts or what we have to offer or our own business or our program, whatever it is, if we don't value and we don't see the value Why would we shout from the rooftops that other people should come and join? We're not even valuing it. So we're not going to shout from the rooftops. And guess what's going to happen? No one's going to show up. No one's going to value it. So actually what I'm saying in terms of you've got to value your own value is no different from what this other coach is mentioning. It's just the other flip side of it, right? So you said this other coach says, how do you know if what you're offering has value? because people buy it. But here's the thing. It's a mirror, right? So if you don't value your own value, other people also aren't going to value your value. They're not going to. Why? Because if you don't value it, you're not going to put it out there in a way that shares the value of it, that expresses it. Like I said, you're not going to be shouting from the rooftops. I have something amazing to offer. I have diamonds for free. Why aren't you coming? (laughs) And that's the energy that you need to be in if you want to sell in your business, right? So it really is the same thing, right? So if other people are not valuing it, if they're not buying it, it's just a reflection of what's going on within you. And it's probably because you're not valuing it. So either one that you look at would work. But for me, I like the idea of valuing your own value because the one thing you can control is you. You can't control what other people think, but if you change how you think, it's going to reflect in how other people are drawn in or magnetized or how people see things, right? So that right there is the work, right? Because what you're saying is this, because I haven't had more customers, which by the way, I'm just going to call you out, Camille. You said no one has bought it. And then the next sentence is I've had five clients total and three have bought my video program. So first of all, stop telling yourself that you haven't had any clients who have bought. You have had clients who have bought. So there are people that value what you have to offer, right? So there you go. And if you want to increase that, the opportunity is for you to start recognizing your own value, start recognizing your own gifts, recognizing what is brilliant about you, how you can help others, how you can serve, the transformation that you can create. You have to believe in that. And I know that it can be hard in the beginning when we don't have a ton of evidence, right? And I had the same thing. I remember working with my coach on this because I didn't have a lot of confidence as a coach before I had many, many clients, right? Whenever I first had my first couple of clients, I did not have very much confidence. So I worked with my coach on this and she said, Jamie, the most important thought that you can think is I'm a good coach. 
She said, I want you to think that thought a hundred times a day, even if you don't believe it, even if your brain is wondering, even if your brain's like, "Uh, I don't know. She said, tell yourself, I'm a great coach. I'm a great coach. And I practiced that thought over and over, even when my brain didn't believe it at all, even whenever I couldn't even feel it in my body because I didn't believe it that much, that like, I just committed to believing it. And it did take time for me to really fully own it and body it, believe it, and then live from that place. And then like decide to take action from that place and become a master coach and dive into the skill set of coaching and just become the best coach ever. But I will tell you what, eventually I was like, it's true. I'm an amazing coach. I'm a really freaking good coach. So that's going to be your work, Camille, is you have to start valuing yourself. You have to stop listening to the limiting beliefs that say, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not cut out to be a coach. That is BS. That is BS unless you don't want to be. But if you want to be a coach, you have to start telling yourself better things about yourself and you have to start valuing your own gifts Even before you believe it, you have to start telling yourself, I'm a fantastic coach. I have something amazing to offer. I can help these people. I can transform their lives. And I know it. And from that place, imagine how you're going to show up, how you're going to market, right? You will be magnetic and other people will be able to see and experience the value that you have to offer, but you have to see it first. So that's what I got on that. (laughs) It's going to make such a difference for you. Okay, next question is from Tony G. Tony G says, I was raised by parents who grew up in serious poverty. They grew, they did extremely well. One parent was extremely frugal, the other wasteful. Here I am, 45 with millions, yet I'm terrified of losing it all. I'm able to spend my money, but I'm wrapped in guilt and shame with big purchases, anything over 15K. I have invested well, but I'm still in fear. How can I have a fair, balanced approach emotionally with my money to enjoy spending it and enjoy growing it? It is ironic that my fear around losing money existed when I was broke and now with millions of dollars. Oh my gosh, Tony, I love this question. And it really just goes to show you what I'm saying all the time, which is that the amount of money we have does not determine how we feel, right? The amount of money that we have doesn't determine how we think. So many of us think that it will. We think if we manifest millions of dollars, then I'm going to feel safe. Then I'm finally going to feel secure. Then I'm finally going to feel abundant and I'm going to feel free. And that is a lie. It is the greatest lie. And this is evidence of that, right? It's evidence. You have millions of dollars, but you have a, a deep fear of losing it. And I will say, so first of all, that's totally fine. It's totally normal because our circumstances don't create our feelings and they don't create our thoughts. And here's the thing is my instinct is the reason that you have this, sometimes I just like to understand like, oh, this is why my brain does this so that we can have deep love and compassion for it. But it makes sense that your brain is doing this because like you said, your parents I got to chime in and let you know that the day has come. The Soulful Six-Figure Mastermind applications are open right now, and they won't be open long. We only open applications for a two-week period. So it is time 
to apply. You can go to the show notes and learn more and apply there. But first, let me tell you what the Soulful Six Figure Mastermind is. It is my most high touch coaching container that I have. Every six months, I take a group of soulful coaches and service-based entrepreneurs who are really ready to grow their business in a new way, where they are not hustling and striving and where they're really implementing everything that I teach on the podcast here, but really learning how to live it, really learning how to bring it into their business in a way that allows the most growth and transformation. And let me tell you, this container is sacred, it is special, and it is transformational, like I said. So it's the time to apply. If you are growing your business to your first six figures, we have a group for you called the Growth Cohort. And if you are growing beyond six figures, if you're already at six figures and you're ready to really scale it and grow to multiple six figures up to a million, we have the scale cohort. So we've got a place for you either way. And here's the thing. It is an intimate group. So you really get high touch mentorship and support from me. We have a retreat in the middle of it where we all come together and it's magic. So make sure to go to the show notes and apply. All right, back to the episode. Grew up in serious poverty, right? Your parents grew up in serious poverty and then started to do really well. So for them, they probably had an interesting relationship with money where, of course, like I know my parents, they didn't know this thought work. They didn't know the power of our minds and manifestation and that we can change our thinking. But that can be like a thing when you grow up in poverty and then all of a sudden you have money. It can be kind of a little mind mix up, right? And that's why we see a lot of people like in sports who grew up in poverty and then make all this money and then they lose it. It's because they haven't actually energetically like shifted their consciousness to that place of feeling safe with money, feeling like it's normal, feeling like, yes, they were the creator of it. It can feel very confusing. And I don't know if that's the case with your parents, but I'm guessing that could be, right? Because we do see that a lot. And then for you, then that means that they didn't necessarily pass down a strong foundation of belief in your ability to create money and have money and feel safe with money, right? There's always this fear of losing it. So that's why there's such a beautiful opportunity for you now that you're here and you're starting to probably understand that your thoughts play a role in this and that actually our thoughts are habitual. So no matter if we have zero money or we have millions of dollars, the thoughts that we think are like habits, right? It's habits of the brain. So if we think it's not enough at zero, we're going to think it's not enough at a million dollars unless we decide to do thought work and change our consciousness, right? (laughs) So your opportunity, Tony, is just to recognize that this fear around losing money, that like, let's have some deep compassion for it. It probably came because your parents experienced great poverty, right? So you probably took it on in some way that it's important to fear it. But 
Now that you're here, what you can do is recognize that it's a habitual way of thinking and it's a habitual way of feeling, which is fear. It actually isn't true. It's just a habit of the brain. And when you can start to recognize that it's not true, what you can start to do is hold space for it and notice your brain doing it and lovingly kind of hold space and say, here's my brain doing that thing again. Here's my brain. I just spent 15K or I'm thinking about spending 15K and I'm going into deep fear. It doesn't mean that it's real that I'm going to lose it all. It just means that my brain has a habit of thinking I'm afraid of losing it all. And we can understand where that comes from. And then once you can learn to kind of hold space and understand that that's a habit, you can decide on purpose what you want your new habit to be. How do you want to feel about money? And how do you want to think about money, right? And and the opportunity there is to do some reprogramming and to shift what your unintentional thought is and start to create some intentional thoughts that you practice over and over and to start creating safety in your body around money, around knowing that you will always be okay, right? That you're always going to be fine. And that money, like, again, I think one of the biggest things that we can do is neutralize money a little bit more, right? Because when we place too much importance on it, then we're attached to it and we're also deeply afraid of losing it, right? So what I would do is decide money isn't that important. It's actually like, it's not everything. I've been broke and I've been okay and I've had money and I've been okay. It's not that important because if we place too much importance on it, we're attached we get in fear of losing it. The energy there isn't good, right? So if you can neutralize it and just recognize no matter what, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be safe no matter what, then it's going to be a lot easier to move through life with money, right? From that place. So that's a bit of the work that I would do along with changing the habits of your brain, which we do inside of the money manifestation movement. If you want to do a deep dive in this, because it does take practice too. It's like going to the gym, right? We have to like our brain is basically a muscle, right? We have to continue working that muscle and deciding on purpose, how we want to think and practice a new way of thinking and being with money. But also, I think for all of you who have a fear of losing your money, I think where this comes from is that you aren't owning that you're the creator of it, right? You don't really understand that you created it. You're not acknowledging that you have power there, that you're the driver, you're in the driver's seat. Money isn't, that you can always create money, right? The money is something that you have created, no matter how you created this. Even if this was inherited, you can decide, I created that money, right? (laughs) You did. You totally created it. You created it with your energy. So Just decide I'm an energetic match to money. I'm an energetic match to millions. That is just who I am. And it's not that important, right? So that's the work that I would do. And it's going to be such a game changer. And I'm just so glad that you brought this forward because I think a lot of people think that having more money is the secret to changing our relationship with money. And it's not, it's totally not. Those two are totally separate things. And the more that you change your relationship with money, money becomes way more easier. 
And it's attracted into our lives on an even greater level, right? And we'll actually be able to enjoy the abundance that we have whenever we have a better relationship with money. So that's my advice. Okay, Anonymous asks, I keep getting stuck in forward motion because I keep saying, how can I invest in me if I have debt? So pre-lockdown, I had worked five and a half years to get rid of all of my debt. July, 2020, I was slated to have that taken care of and then COVID hit and I work in the public. So I couldn't work for two years. Now I am here. I have made progress as my work has returned, but here I am. I wanted to do some things but feeling guilty around wanting to go on vacation or join your course. How can I do great things for myself when I have the debt still? I would like to hear your thoughts around this. Okay, fantastic question. Here is the thing. If we want to reduce and eliminate debt, it's really important that we neutralize debt. Similar to money, right? where so many of us tell ourselves debt is this horrible thing. We create so much shame. We make it mean something about us. And it simply doesn't mean anything. Debt was something that you had access to from a place of abundance, honestly. Like, right? You had access to this money. Debt is just money that you have access to ahead of time. That's all debt is that you can pay off over time. It's an amazing system and it's amazing process. And so many businesses utilize debt, right? In order to grow. And so many people utilize debt in order to expand. I know that I did. I utilized debt in order to get my college degree. I utilized debt in order to um, expand my business. So it's we have to stop looking at it as this bad or shameful thing. That's number one, because it's a lot harder to release it if we are thinking negative thoughts about it and thinking negative thoughts about ourselves for having it. If you can neutralize debt and realize it was an amazing thing that allowed you to survive for two years during COVID and how awesome that is. And now you have the opportunity now that you're working to pay it off with grace and ease. Amazing. That's how I would start looking at it. You have to release the shame because there's no shame around it. Majority of Americans have debt, like mega, mega majority. I looked up the percentage at one point, but I can't remember what it is, but I will tell you it is up there. Majority, far majority have debt. And yet it's so funny how almost everyone has debt and most like people feel like it's this shameful thing and there's something wrong with them for having it, which is not the case. It's just a part of the money system that allows you to access money when it's necessary. And that's all it is. And then you can pay it back later. Super cool, right? <laughs> and so here's what I would do. It's let go of the idea that it's something bad and recognize that you're totally paying it off now. Amazing, right? And like the thoughts that allowed me to um, pay it off with grace and ease were, I'm not in a rush. It's not a big deal. Of course, I'm paying it off slowly, but surely I'm chipping away at it. And soon it will be gone. At some point, it's going to be gone, right? So that's how I thought about it in a way that allowed me to, to pay off my debt. Here's the other thing that I didn't do. I didn't make it a punishment, it sounds like what you are doing is you are punishing yourself with this debt. 
You're telling yourself, until I pay off this debt, I can't do anything else, right? I can't work on myself. I can't invest in myself. I can't go on vacation. I can't invest in my relationship with money or, you know, that's what you're telling yourself. So you're kind of holding it as a punishment and that is not going to be a healthy relationship. So here's my offering to you is to shift it from, I have to pay this off first before I do anything else to I can have it all. I, how about thinking about this? I want you to ask yourself this question. How can I pay off this debt and go on the vacation? How can I pay off this debt and take the course? right? How can I introduce and into my life? And one of my favorite thoughts is I can have it all. I can manifest zero debt and do other things. Debt is not a punishment, right? I had debt for a long time and I still went on vacation. I still invested in myself and I still paid off the debt. And I wasn't even making that much money at that point, (laughs) right? But but doing the all allowed me to expand in a bigger way that did allow me to also pay off the debt slowly, but surely it was gone. And then it was gone. And I am not an energetic match to debt other than my mortgages now. Right? So that is my advice to you or my coaching that I would offer to you is introduce the end and introduce the thought I can have it all and stretch your brain in terms of how that's possible. Because here's the thing, it's not true that you have limited resources. Resources can expand with your consciousness. So when you introduce that I can have it all and the and and start looking for ways and fighting for that reality where you can have it all, You will start to see how that can be. New things will come into your life. You will start being more resourceful and you will create that reality where you can have it all. So that's what I got for that. Okay. All right. Can you please go a little deeper on the concept of any of our intentions being on their way? I love being a part of your movement community and the weekly calls and Facebook group are giving me a regular assurance that I can trust this but my mind is still having a hard time grasping this idea. Maybe that is normal. And this is part that our brains cannot understand. Okay. So good. Okay. So the question is how can you please go deeper on the concept of any of our intentions being on their way? Yeah, absolutely. So here's how I think about manifestation. What we do is we When we set intentions, when we declare what it is we want to the universe, and we want to make sure that it's a heartfelt, soulful desire, not coming from the ego of like, I need this thing, or this is what other people are expecting me to do, because that kind of stuff gets a little wonky and it's a lot harder to manifest from my experience. But whenever it's a desire that we have deep in our soul, and it's something that we want to experience, have, express you know, whatever it is that we want to call into our lives, you plant that seed, you declare it to the universe, you write it down, right? And that is like planting a seed in a garden. When you have a seed planted, are you sitting there saying, are you going to grow? Are you going to grow? Are you going out there every five minutes checking on it? Oh my gosh, has it bloomed? 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 No, you're not. What are you doing? You're trusting that as long as you keep showing up, you garden, you know, you bring and you nourish, nourish that garden, you uh, water it. I don't know, maybe you put some fertilizer in it. I don't know. I don't really do garden stuff, but that's my guess of how you grow a garden. You just keep nurturing it on a daily basis. 
And what do you do? You expect it to grow. You know it's going to grow and it does and it blooms and it blossoms. And if it doesn't, it just means that there's an opportunity to learn from it. You're like, oh shoot, I used too much water that time. Okay. Got to lighten that up. You learn from it. If it fails, if it doesn't blossom, then you just learn from it and you keep going until it does. Manifestation is the same way. We can't understand it when we are getting impatient, right? When we're going to the garden every five minutes and saying, where is my flowers? Where is my garden, right? And that is why I always say, so important to practice patience, so important to not attach to a timeline and just so important to keep showing up and nurturing and nourishing that garden and learning how to enjoy the journey. You have to learn how to enjoy your life now because your life isn't going to be that different from when you have the seeds planted to when there's a flower, a whole like flower garden blossomed. Sure, it's so fun to see that flower garden. Sure, it's so beautiful. It smells so fragrant. It's lovely. Don't get me wrong, but it's not that different. So it's really important that you don't play too much importance on it and attach to it because it's going to make the garden feel like it's taking so long, right? When we're telling ourselves, my life is going to be so much better when these flowers have blossomed. No, it's not. It's going to be awesome. Don't get me wrong. And really, it's just about the journey. It's about you enjoying being a gardener and you evolving and growing the most beautiful garden ever and continuously evolving this garden. That's what it's about. So enjoy the now and you have to stop checking on the garden because that's what we tend to do is we're like, oh my gosh, unless I see it blossom, I'm not going to believe that it's happening. But guess what? It's totally happening behind the scenes, right? And that's, that's what manifestation is, is you have to learn how to believe without the evidence and you have to trust and keep just showing up and nurturing the garden until it blossoms. That's the work. Okay, the last question we have is from Lori. And Lori had sent kind of an update saying that she has had her coaching business for a couple of years, used to make six figures in her business, quit and went all in on her coaching business and has had so much transformation in every year, every area of her life since, including you know, stopping overeating, stopping smoking, having a much better relationship, healing on a deep level, right? Like listed all these things that have changed so much over the past couple of years. And she mentioned that each year she has made some money, but hasn't hit the 100K goal yet. So Lori says, I can still feel some attachment to the 100K goal. And I can see that this is important because it's something I desire, but there has to be a belief that I am blind to. Otherwise I would have created the 100K goal already, right? She says, I feel like I'm struggling with having the goal, not achieving the goal yet on the timelines and losing belief because maybe it wasn't meant for me. Ugh, (laughs) that's what she says. She says, my soulful six-figure business is in me, but what am I not seeing or believing that has me limiting myself and my current income level in business? Okay, Lori, so such a great question. So first thing is, number one, you said, I can still feel some attachment to the 100K goal. So you want to understand that. Because attachment repels. It really does. I mean, it 
repels. And I know this because there's been so many things that I've tried to manifest that I was so attached to and they wouldn't manifest and they wouldn't manifest and they wouldn't manifest. I can tell you so many things that have taken, I've had some manifestations that have taken like 25 years or more to manifest. Like I'm thinking about my relationship with my body and I had always wanted to like lose weight and be in this certain body. And I was so attached to it, so attached. And I would try and I would try and I would try and I would try no matter what, it just didn't work. It wouldn't manifest. And I realized, I mean, I didn't quite realize this is how it all played out. It's like in hindsight, I can see, but the first, I just remember that. And I know this is like a totally different manifestation, but I'm just sharing it for context. But I remember having this like come to Jesus moment where I was like, I'm just sick of hating my body. I'm kind of just sick of wanting to lose weight, right? I was so attached to it. I was so attached to thinking I needed to be in a certain body to feel a certain way, to think of myself in a certain way, to feel attractive or whatever it was. And I was so attached to it that it wouldn't like, I couldn't manifest it no matter what, nothing ever worked. Or if I did, I would gain weight again. Right. And I had this come to Jesus moment. It was like pre-wedding. I remember this was in 2016 when I was about to get married and I just decided, screw it. I am so over hating my body. I was like, I don't care if I am overweight for the rest of my life. My only goal is to love my body. That's all I want. Right. I was like, that's what I actually want from this. So why don't I just go directly to that? And I hired a body image coach and the body image coach, the work was to not try to lose weight. And I had to do this work around not restricting my eating. And it was the most uncomfortable work in the world. It's like, I had to stop trying and I had to stop trying to control and really just work on the way that I thought about my body and the way that I thought about myself. And I did that work and I did end up gaining quite a bit of weight, right? I I did because I let go of trying to control it. I didn't. I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. So then I stopped restricting and then I started overeating, but she assured me that it would all balance out. It would all balance out. And at one point I would get tired of overeating. Right. And so I just trusted her and I did that work. And yes, I gained that weight, but I decided I wasn't going to stop holding back on the things that I wanted in my life until I got to a certain weight. So I I was the most overweight I had been in my life at that point. But I was like, I'm going to do all the things that I kept telling myself that I was waiting to do until I got thin. So I started showing up on camera. I got a professional photo shoot. I went shopping and bought like high-end expensive clothes that fit that version of my body. I started following influencers that had a similar body shape to me. I basically let go of wanting to lose weight and desiring that so much and being so attached to it. And wouldn't you know, what do you think happened? Like within a year of doing that work, (laughs) I started losing weight for the first time in my life. And it was coming from a completely different consciousness. It was coming from a desire to have energy, a desire to feel better, a desire to manage my hormones, a desire to take care of my body. It literally came from love. And before that, I was trying to manifest this certain weight from hate. It just didn't work. 
right? So when I let go of the attachment and when I let go of trying, caring so much, it opened up so much for me. And I realized that I still had the desire to be healthy and to be at a natural weight for my body, but I wasn't attached to what that was. And I just wasn't in a rush. I just decided I wanted to be healthy. And what do you know? I ended up losing 50 pounds the minute I let go of attachment. And that one took me 25 years. So you're saying this has been a couple years of being attached to 100K. So first of all, a couple years, it's not that bad (laughs) in the big scheme of things. You have your whole life, right? So the reason that I share that story about that specific manifestation is because that was the one that took me the longest. And it's because I was attached to it for the longest, right? So that is the main opportunity for you because that was in the first sentence. You said, I'm attached to my 100K goal and I don't know why it's not manifesting. I would stop trying to manifest it. Stop trying. Like, just stop trying. (laughs) And that's going to feel weird. And in the beginning, it might feel a little wonky. It might feel like I'm not doing anything But from that place, I think what you're going to find within you, whenever you stop trying for it, my hunch is what you're going to find is a desire to serve. You're going to find this desire within you to just show up and help people. And what you're going to end up doing from a non-attached place, and this is my hunch, is that you're just going to show up, you're going to shine your light, you're going to serve, and you're not going to be attached to money. And people can feel that. So when you're coming from a completely different place of just service, of knowing your value, of knowing that you're really good at helping people and that you actually really like this and you love it and it's really not about the 100K, it's going to be a lot easier to magnetize clients. And I say that, and I don't want you to start doing this work of like, oh, let me try to figure out how to do that so that I can make the 100K. First work is you have to let go of this 100K. Like it's like you've planted that seed. That's enough for the universe. You've got to let go of trying so hard of trying to control it and just think, how can I show up and serve? How can I add value to the world? How can I be the most me? How can I make myself happy today? How can I be in the best energy today? Who do I want to be today? And you will be guided but let go of that attachment because it's going to make such a difference. And you also mentioned a couple of thoughts in the beginning whenever I, I didn't read all of this, but I wrote it down. These were some of the thoughts that you have about business. These are your beliefs that I don't even know. You said, you said I might have some blind spots. I don't think you have blind spots. You just have some beliefs about business that aren't helpful. And your beliefs are it's hard to make money in business. It's not working. People don't want what I have to offer. I still can't articulate it. And my hunch is all these are true is because you're trying to control it too much. You're trying too hard. So just try and experiment, Lori. That's my encouragement for you is like, try this experiment of letting go of the 100K and instead focus on what you love about your business, right? Focus on what lights you up. Focus on you being a lighthouse and you serving and you just showing up for people and offering value to the world. Game changer, okay? And I wanna hear how it goes. All right, y'all. Those are the questions I have for today. I love answering your questions. So I'm going to have to do more of these podcast episodes. Again, if you want me to answer your questions, I will probably send out another email 
in the near future um, for you to submit them. And so just make sure to get on my email list, go over to the show notes and grab the Manifestation for Business workbook. And I'll let you know when the next opportunity is. All right, my loves, I'll talk to you all soon. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope this episode is something that you'll be able to add to your manifestation toolbox to come back to when you need a little extra motivation. If you like what you've heard today and want to take it deeper, you've got to come check out my signature coaching program, The Money Manifestation Movement. It's the place where you'll not only learn manifestation, but you'll begin to live it alongside me and an amazing community of like-minded entrepreneurs doing this work together. Head on over to jamieberman.com to learn more.